Evening prayer starts on page 21. Watch ye, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. Amen. Grant, we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people, pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with a quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 24 and Psalm 30. Psalm 24 begins on page 368. The earth is the Lord and all that therein is, the compass of the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord, or who shall rise up in his holy place? Even he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, and that hath not lifted up his mind unto vanity, nor sworn to deceive his neighbor. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord, the righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, even of them that seek thy face, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? It is the Lord, strong and mighty, even the Lord, mighty and Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? Even the Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Psalm 30 is... Begins on page 374. I will magnify thee, O Lord, for thou hast set me up and not made my foes to triumph over me. O Lord my God, I have cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. Thou, Lord, hast brought my soul out of hell. Thou hast kept my life, that I should not go down into the pit. Sing praises unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks unto him for a remembrance of his holiness. For his wrath endureth but the twinkling of an eye, and in his pleasure is life. 
Heaviness may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And in my prosperity I said, I shall never be removed. Thou, Lord, of thy goodness hath made. Thou didst turn thy face from me, and I was troubled. Then I cried unto thee, O Lord, and gat me to my Lord right humbly. What profit is there in my blood, when I go down into the pit? Shall the dust give thee thanks unto thee, or shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned my heaviness into joy, and thou hast put off my sackcloth, and girded me with gladness. Therefore shall every good man sing of thy praise without ceasing. O my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifth chapter of the book of Isaiah. Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge me in my vineyard. What more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now please let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it shall be burned, and break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or dug. There shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds. They rain no rain on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. He looked for justice, but behold, oppression, for righteousness, but behold, a cry for help. Here ends the first lesson. Together the Magnificat. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath opened his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the eighth chapter of the book of Revelation. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, with the prayers of the saints, ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven troves to sound. 
The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water, because it was made bitter. Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Here ends the second lesson. Together, Nuptimittis. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate by dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light, now in the time of this mortal life, in which thy Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal, through him who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, now and ever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time and rest in quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Good evening. Advent, what a time, right? I don't know if uh, any of you are experiencing Advent with um, the idea that it's Advent. We're doing a mini, um, mini penitential season and giving some things up. If that's something you are trying to do, I'm going to suggest that we also consider, um, as we do give something up, that we also uh, replace it with something. So I guess an idea would be if you're not going to do Facebook, then, then you would replace it with either reading or, um, or some prayer. So thought about Advent. Uh, we're looking at Isaiah and a passage from Revelation today. And um, in Isaiah, what we have, it's the end of a discourse or a speech that God made uh, through Isaiah and to Isaiah. And it started in chapter 2. The beginning of chapter 2 was the speech, and the end of chapter 5 is the end of the speech. And it's almost like God is uh, um, a lawyer presenting his case. And what he's doing is he's presenting the case against the people of Israel. And what he's doing is something they might understand, because most of them were um, aware of, of financial um, reality. And so if they, somebody had bought a vineyard and cultivated it, they would expect it to give good grapes. And wild grapes don't taste good and, and aren't good. And so God is comparing his people to a vineyard, which he did have good grapes come out, but they're not bearing good fruit. And of course, we know their history that God saved them from Egypt. He brought them into the promised land. And as Father David used to say, there was a lot of murmuring going on, and the murmuring led them to uh, bad places. So that, that didn't work for them. And so as a result, the, the, in verse 5 we read that the, the punishment for the unfruitfulness to the vineyard and also to Israel is to become desolate and, and it be burned, trampled down, the hedges will be cut down, and let it go to wildness. And so we see that um, happening to Israel, and this is written before the Babylonian invasion. Some of the problems people have with the idea of Isaiah writing Isaiah is that uh, he, he's prophetic, not only about the invasion of Babylon, but also about the return. And so um, some people that wrote part of it, and I, um, I, I believe Isaiah wrote the whole thing, but that just makes me feel good. So um, I don't think it really matters. Uh, I, I like that I, in my mind that Isaiah writes it all, but if he didn't, it's still the word of God. And um, so like we know David didn't write every psalm, but he wrote a lot of the psalms. So does it matter if it was um, Asaph, his um, choir master, or, or, one, or Solomon wrote something? It's, it's all good, and it's um, accepted as canon and, and word of God. So what we see is um, God was was taking care of the vineyard in verse 7. He, he wanted justice. He got oppression. He wanted righteousness. And it says he got a cry. And the cry is a word that sometimes is outcry of distress or actually violence in some of the other translations. So he did not get what he... Um, it, it feels like God's just making, you know, like, of course, God's right. But he's making a, a case. And, and this is why you'll reach judgment and trying to put it in a way that the Hebrews would understand. So Revelation is kind of a, you know, obviously an interesting book because there's so many takes on it and so many people have different looks at it. And um, I remember as in early in my Christian life when I was aware of, uh, you know, biblical thoughts and uh, theology and Revelation scared me to death. And uh, so what I wanted to let you know was that Revelation and Ezekiel were uh, two books that were the main books used in worship for the early church. So uh, I think if Revelation is scary in any way, it's because we don't get it. And if we get it, it's, uh, it's full of hope and, and victory. And so 
check yourself on that. And if you're not feeling Father Hayden and, and Bishop Scarlet do on Revelation and kind of help you out there, but the early church took it as hope and victory. So um, they were the prayer books, say, of the early church, and Psalms was the hymnal of the early church. So in today's passage, there's seven plagues coming up, and we get to hear about four of them. And it's interesting because there's so many interpretations of what these things mean. Uh, a lot of people believe it represents the suffering of the world throughout church history. Uh, others believe it's the suffering of the church throughout church history. Um, of course, there's a group that thinks this is the, it intensifies just before Jesus comes back to intervene. And um, so, uh, others, I think, um, feels a little better for me is that it's not even chronological. It's just symbolizes the intensity of evil and chaos that we experience as believers. And, and uh, we've been lucky in our country not to experience it in that way. But, um, you know, it, it, it could happen, but it does happen. We, we read about our brothers in other countries, uh, Sudan and um, Pakistan, and, and it's just, it's a lot different than what we're living with right now. So if the purpose, or let me get to the purpose in a minute, the plagues are interrupted, there's a, uh, there's the four we have today, and then there's a pause, and then before the seventh, there's a huge pause, and um, then, the, then the seven plagues are poured out. Um, and so the purpose, this is the main reason that these are written. The purpose of these visions was not to scare anybody or make up any theology. It's um, the purpose is to give Christians courage and to assure them of their ultimate triumph. And so that's what we need to always keep in mind. Um, Bishop talks about our telos, our, our goal, and our telos and goal is to be with, to be with Christ uh, in, in the fulfilled kingdom. And so this is especially needed when facing persecution. And of course, the early church faced intense uh, persecution. I thought it was interesting when, when one of the stars fell in it. Um, it was called Wormwood. And I don't know if that name rings a bell for you, but if you're a fan of C.S. Lewis and have read Screwtape Letters, that's from by Screwtape is writing his nephew Wormwood, who's an apprentice demon. So I thought that was just a little interesting connection. So in Advent, we look to Advent with uh, courage and hope, and the hope is uh, our hope isn't that Jesus. We celebrate His coming, and we are celebrating His coming again. And the courage, knowing the outcome, uh, and that He prevails. And I think it's pretty natural to question ourselves: Are we really filled with courage and hope? Because there's times I don't feel so much courage and hope. But Advent offers us this opportunity to examine ourselves, to cut out some things we don't need add some things we need in their place, and that strengthens our courage and hope. And the interesting thing is in a world that's really filled with hopelessness because everything, the only other option is worldly things, and we already know that they rust and rot. Um, so others see this hope, and they desire it, and so they want to ask us about it. And I'm reminded St. Peter instructs us, and we uh, do this, we repeat this in the litany every Wednesday, but St. Peter instructs us how to share our hope. In uh, 1 Peter 3.15, we read, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So I also want to uh, recommend, if you haven't read Cal Calvin Miller's uh, Singer Trilogy, there's three books, The Singer, The Song, and, and The Finale. I highly recommend it. It's a, a metaphor for Christianity, and sometimes I find with C.S. Lewis or other metaphors like Narnia, it just, it just makes uh, the real Jesus even more real to me because it kind of reveals something that I might not have gone be gotten before. 
So it's a Christian metaphor, these three books, and it includes, I mentioned the singer, the song, and the finale. And in the finale, or excuse me, in the end of the song, the believers are about to die for their belief, and they receive a letter in the prison, and the letter is titled the finale, which is, of course, a metaphor for Revelation, which we're studying now. And their hope is in, in the return of the singer, who was a metaphor for Jesus. And in the finale, they read it and they hold fast. And what they read is, he comes in power, rejoice the Before we die, our singer will appear. And so we hold on to that as uh, we move through Advent. Let's continue with the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18 in morning prayer. All right, it's just the prayer for all conditions of men. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, then unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Great to be with all of you, and uh, Barb, thank you. Thank you, Aaliyah. It's just good to be with each and every one of you. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Thank you. Have a good evening. Thank you.